Hello friends, how are you? And welcome back to the YA Experience. I hope you had an absolutely amazing week and weekend. I certainly did. I try to always make the most out of our weekend and goodness, it was full of boxes and back of trucks. Yeah, my family and I, we were moving this weekend as well as all of the end of year type of things that that happen uh, for for families that have kids in, in school. So end of testing, parties, proms, dances, all that good stuff. And yeah, had a fantastic week. And uh, thank you for joining us again. You know, today we have an absolutely fantastic show on tap for you. Have an amazing guest. He is a true patriot. Uh, we actually have Fat Dag on the show, Mr. Mike Daggett. How are you, sir? Man, I am doing great. Happy Monday to you. Hope all is well out there. Yeah, absolutely. And you are joining us all the way from Indianapolis, is that right? Or Indiana? Isn't that, isn't that the beauty of technology? Like we're like in the same room virtually and it works. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's absolutely amazing of what we can do with technology these days. And for our audience that don't know who Fat Dag is, could you enlighten us and let us know? You know, what you're all about, I mean, you have an amazing podcast, you motivate people on a daily basis, you're full of encouragement, let us know what you're all about, brother. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what I'm, what I'm all about, I'm all about helping people realize their best self, you know, and so what happened to me is I'm, I'm an Air Force guy, I've been Air Force now for 27 years, uh, but the Air Force decided that I was too fat to be in the military. I, I wasn't doing well with my fitness test, I was struggling with that. And the Air Force said, hey, Mike, you know what? We, we appreciate all the cool stuff you're doing, but bye-bye. Wow. They were a little nicer than that, but but not really. And um, I realized I had two options. I had one of is I could accept that fate and just move on. Or two, I was like, you know what? Wait a minute. Damn it. It doesn't have to end like this. And uh, so I, I, on my own accord, I started getting healthy, started getting fit. I, I found a group of wingmen that said, hey, Mike, we believe in you. We want to help you and completely changed my life. And so now what I've done is I figured out that because initially I didn't understand what getting healthy and fit looked like and felt like, I want other people to feel it through my energy and go, oh, this is what life is supposed to be like. And I just do the best job I can to just kind of encourage them, motivate them, keep them pumped up. And, and I believe in them every step of the way. And we just work together to get it done. So it's a lot of fun. So tell me now, you kind of you kind of awoke me there. You're in the military. And and physical fitness to, to common folk seems like that they go hand in hand. And so so you're telling me was first of all, was the military always part of the plan? Like when you got out of school or college, was, was military like that's where I want to go? It is. My dad was re, uh, senior chief in the Navy. So I was a Navy brat, lived on a Navy base for, for most of my life. He was 23 years in the Navy. And so, yeah, I was destined to join the military. That was the way I was kind of raised was to kind of just be a patriot and give back. I wanted nothing more than to do that. And so, yeah, that was that was always been part of the plan. All through high school, I was an athlete. I, I was fit. You know, I was I was in really good shape for for an 18, 19 year old kid. And then uh, once you leave mom and dad's house and you get to eat on your own, you don't make the same choices that mom feeds you, you know, and, and it just didn't work well for me. I just started gaining weight and it was, it was a mess. And so you're in the military, and and once uh, once you complete your three to four years, then you actually make it a career. 
And Correct. so so military has been long term for you. And so that physical fitness or that uh, making those healthier choices, you know, still are challenging, even if you're in the military. Oh, of course. Right. So it, it's uh, so, yeah, I did my did my first enlistment was a six year enlistment. And I said, yeah, I you know, I, I knew from day one I was going to make it a career. But but at, at the end of six years, I'm like, yeah, no brainer. Where do I sign? And at the time, I was still young enough and I was still able to very active. And so the weight wasn't a, a significant issue. Sure, it was creeping up. But it wasn't until I got into my, you know, probably my 10th and 10th year or so when all of a sudden it was like between age, between lifestyle, uh, it really started getting the better of me. I deployed a ton in the first, uh, you know, first seven or eight years of my career. I was I was always overseas doing something kind of fun. And so that kind of, you know, that lifestyle kind of kind of keeps you active. Right. And then when I came back, um, there were periods of inactivity and it just it just didn't work well. And and then between that and age started creeping up and. You know, it, it's just one of those issues, like you said, one of those issues that the military, we just don't know uh, that we're just a cross section of America, right? If it exists in America, it exists in the military. So was there something that was like, oh, my gosh, I, was there something that you used to could do and you couldn't anymore or that something you were like, oh, man, I, I got to put the brakes on this. I've got to I got to make a change. It, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I remember the very first fitness test I ever did with the military. It's a mile and a half run, and I was coming right out of high school. I was a baseball player. I was a soccer player, right? Running was piece of cake. And uh, so the very first fitness test, I, I show up, and I'm, I'm one of the youngest ones there because that's my very first, you know, fitness test with them. And I started watching the people run, and in my head I was judging them like, man, and I looked at a buddy of mine and I said, listen, the day I can't run a mile and a half, shoot me. You know, it, this is ridiculous. Um, and boy, did I end up eating those words later, you know, <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's some things that you don't want to forecast on yourself because it's, it's quite possible, <laughs> quite likely it could come true. Right. No, absolutely. And so, so it's, so, you know, age, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Right. But, but for me it was age and, and my, my uh, physical activity kind of slowed down a little bit uh, and my weight just kept creeping up and I didn't really – every year I was able to pass my fitness test. I struggled to do it, but I was able to make the weight and I was able to get the test done. Um, but then it was about probably a little over four years ago when all of a sudden it was real danger signs started kind of flashing up. And uh, and I ended up failing a fitness test finally and, and probably should have failed it many, many years prior to, but I was just I was squeaking by. And when I finally failed that test, kind of the light bulb moment went off. I'm like, man, you're in trouble. You know, this is this is not good. So that that kind of not – didn't make you feel good. That, oh no, it's terrible. That, right, it's terrible. Oh my god. So because what did you do whenever whenever you felt like that? What did you like how did you where'd you go from there? Yeah, you know, it's so that that's kind of crazy, right? Cuz you internalize a lot of it. And so my first thought was, you know, at the time when I failed my fitness test, my role was uh, I managed recruiting for the state of Indiana. And so so my job is to be out talking with schools, talking with kids and, and working with my recruiting team. And I knew after failing test, I'm like, man, I don't look like the poster child for the military, not even close. And so that kind of internally wears on you. And so, so slowly you start backing off from some self-confidence. You start backing off from some engagements because you just know that you're not the good representation. But on the flip side, you're like, well, I got a job to do and I, and I do my job as best as I can. So internally, you know, between these two ears, there's a lot of wires crossed and a lot of things going on. Uh, and it just finally got to the point where that's where, like I said, the military said, hey, thanks for playing. Uh, it's time for you to go ahead and move on. And I said, but no, 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 I, I got bigger plans. And so 
you know, for me, I ended up going to WW and I ended up getting back into that help fitness program and saying, okay, I can take care of myself. And, uh, it really worked well for me and I'm now couldn't be happier. So WW, what is that to, to our listeners that might not know about WW? Yeah, WW obviously uh, Weight Watchers is the is the company term, and they've rebranded themselves to WW because now they're they're focused on just living a healthy, well life. And so certainly we know that as your weight creeps up, if you can control that and take some of that off, you start feeling better. But it goes much beyond that, and just living a healthy, well life is uh, is how they've now rebranded. And I've taken that message to heart and going, yeah, I, my life is significantly better now than it's ever been. You know, Weight Watchers that just that sounds like a ladies' thing, man. You know, I mean. <laughs> How do you say for for a fella, right? You know, to say I'm I'm gonna go in there. It sounds like a thing for the ladies. Tell me about, you know, maybe that experience and you know, you know I checking that exact checking same reaction, checking you know, your first, ego. Maybe I don't know. Talk yeah, to the, the fellas. The first time I, I went in, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, you know, here I am. I, I have a bunch of issues. One, I'm a, I'm a man. Two, I'm a military guy. I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to be. I don't need help, right? That's kind of the, well, the that's, stereotypical. That's just man. Right, right. <laughs> and I can so, do it on so my when own. you walk into this room, and I tell you, it doesn't matter. Age, gender, race, religion doesn't matter. When you get so broken that you need help, you'll take help from wherever it comes from, right? If you if you get into in a severe car wreck, you're not going to say, "Hey, I don't want a woman to rescue me. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, this race or this person to rescue me. You Come don't get care. me. <laughs> Come get me. Save me. And so that's where I was. I was so broken that it didn't matter. Uh, I walked in the rooms to help. Yeah. And it worked. And so you walked in the room, yep. engaging, embracing. What what yep. is that experience like for somebody that that might is considering WW? What would that first time experience be like? I tell you, you know, you believe that it's going to be intimidating, uh, and the hardest thing to do is walk through that door for the first time. But but it's such a welcoming environment because you're in a room of people who get it. You know, you're in a room of people who all understand, you know, no one in that room is going, is judging because we're like, yeah, we get, we get it. Welcome. How can we help each other? So it's a very, very rewarding experience and I couldn't be more thankful to have done it. So friends, today live, we have a fat dag on the, on the Y experience. Please drop your questions and comments down below. Check them out on his social. If you just search for fat dag, you can find him on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. He is all over the place and he has some fantastic, uh, uh, archives of different uh, shows that he's had and you know digging through your shows is that you've from that first time walking in to, to ww you've really found a, a, a place for motivating and encouraging and helping others and and you know one thing that stands out to me is is the help you're giving the hope that you're providing and, and you're reading emails online that are very personable, right. you know, that are very impactful and meaningful T tell our listeners a little bit about that and, and how that came about. I mean, how did you start that or, you know, yeah, I, I'm very, very fortunate. I, I have an amazing group of what I call wingmen who, who carried me through this journey. And so I could not have done this alone. There's no way, you know, when I started, I needed some help. I needed someone to believe in me. And, uh, and somewhere through the process, they said, hey, uh, Mike, we love what you say. We, we love your message. Can you share it on a podcast? And I said, sure, that'd be great. And I went to Google and I said, Google, what is a podcast? Uh, and, and, and Google said, here's what a podcast is. And I said, oh, I, I can do that. And, you know, so, so I picked up this group of audience members and I said, you know, hey, 
uh, you know, my story is great. I love, I'm very proud of my story, but if we want to get real here, we have to share each other's stories because my story is just one dimensional. And so, you know, there are things in life that have happened to other people that have not happened to me. And so therefore I need, I need all that collective experience so that no matter who you are, no matter where you find the podcast, you can relate to someone in that, in that group and go, okay, if that person can do it, despite all the challenges they've been handed, well, then I can do it. I can take one more step and I can just try a little harder. And so, so that's what we are. We're just a community of people who just believe in each other. We all get it. A lot of shared commonalities. And we just say, yeah, I, I believe in you. And we just kind of motivate each other to, to keep it going. It's, it's turned into something I could not even predicted three years ago. That's amazing. And that's just putting yourself out there and, and creating a space for, for a like-minded community that, right. that needs, you know, other people to share maybe some of their, you know, like you were saying, your dark ex- time, dark moments with that help that can help open the door and shine some light on, on, on hope. And, yep. uh, and you've done a fantastic job of that. Are, is there a story or something that you can share with us that, that might be, you know, one of your favorite uh, experiences along this journey of, of helping others or even yourself? Yeah, you know, the well, one that always comes to mind first is uh, so once a month I go out and I travel to into the community and I try and meet up with my audience and I say, you know, I'm going to travel to, you know, last year we went to eight different cities. This year I have 12 cities on the docket. Uh, and so once a month fly into a city, meet up with the community, run a 5K, walk a 5K, whatever it takes to hang out with the group. And uh, but there was one in particular last year in Denver. I'll never forget it. And uh, so we, we, I fly into Denver. Of course, it's the Mile High City. And, you know, and of course, the, the air temperature, air quality is different than it was in Indianapolis. And so I fly out there and it does catch me off guard. I'm like, OK, the air is thinner. I get it. And so we show up that morning and there's probably about maybe about 20 of us or so or so showed up. And we're all huddled around the circle. And, and my goal was always I want to run the 5K because I want to use that as my own accountability. But what I started realizing as I was traveling, I'm like, well, I don't want to. There's no sense of me showing up to a group, running a 5K in 23 minutes and coming right back and then going by. So I started walking with the group and saying, you know, I'll run in circles. and I'll run and meet different people as we walk together. And so we show up that morning, about 20 of us standing there. And uh, and we look at the group and say, who's running, who's walking? And the entire group says, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk. I look over to the side and there's one lady. She's like, well, wait a minute. I've been training for this. I actually want to run. I said, okay, you and I, we're going to run. The rest of the group will walk. We'll come back and get them. So we take off. The gun goes off. We take off uh, running. We run about 100 yards. And all of a sudden she goes, okay, thank you. And I'm like, okay. So we walk the rest of it. But we're now 100 yards in front of the group, right? And we, and we walk the rest of it. And so it's 3.1 miles, you know. And so, But in her brain, she was training for the run, and she did it, right? So we, so we walk the rest of it. We come around the corner. It's an out and back. We come around the corner. We're probably maybe a half a mile from the finish line. And she looks at me and she goes, I need to stop. I'm like, wait a minute, we're, we're almost done here. She goes, no, no, I, I need to stop. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, Mike, um, I've never finished anything in my life. Wow. I don't think I can do this. Wow. She, goes, she goes, I dropped out of college. I dropped out of, I dropped out of high school. What, you know, I, and she, she started naming everything in her life that she's given up on. Right. And, and she just in, mentally said, I'm not allowed to finish this. Mm. And I went, Oh yes, you are. Yeah. We're going to go. And, and so I get chills right now. Just thinking I, of that. I'm, I'm getting them right now too. Yep. 
And uh, so, so I said, yeah, we can do this. Let's just go, you know, let's just walk to that next bench. We're not going to get to the finish line yet. Let's just get to the next bench. We get to that. How about we, let's just get to that sign. Next thing we know, the closest thing to us is the finish line. Yeah. I said, let's get to the finish line. So we walked and we walked and we walked and we crossed the finish line, both of us in tears, you know, and she's like, I finished something. And I looked right at her. I'm like, I said, now make a to-do list, put that at the top, check it off, add something to it right. and completely change your life. So it's the best experience ever for sure. That is amazing. And, and, um, friends, people, that is why some, if the challenge arises for you to stand in the gap, to help somebody to accomplish something that they think they can't do. And sometimes it's tough love. Sometimes it's just easy love of encouragement, uh, to help them get them across that finish line. Right. And that that's an amazing story, you know, and you're doing that for thousands of people across the world. I saw yeah. some of your uh, comments coming from the UK. I got a, you know, a lot of friends over in the UK and, and you have really become a global presence. Uh, I would say, and I don't, uh, you know, a kind of a voice for, for like that, uh, WW community that people can, you know, uh, get some relief and some, you know, encouragement when, when sometimes it feels like it's running out. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people, you know, when, when you identify something that you want to work on, you, I think you believe you're the only one on the planet that has that. And so that limiting belief allows you to just kind of, you know, we can't solve anything on our own. So we do need to find other people, but it starts with admitting like, Hey, here's what I want to work on. And then watching the community of other people, you got to put it out there. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, my first few posts were not comfortable. Right. I wasn't happy being, being a 265 pound military guy in a uniform that I couldn't even wear a belt with because I didn't have a belt big enough. You know, that wasn't comfortable sharing that, but I knew in order for me to get real change, I had to get real serious with what the problem was. And so now as other people are able to share that same story, you're right. It, it baffles and blows my mind that you're right. I get comments from the UK. I get them from Mexico. I get them from, from, you know, from France. I mean, I look at my download numbers from, from the podcast and I just, I chuckle. I'm like, okay, um, I don't speak that language. So I don't know how that's working, but it's, but it's working. That's amazing. And so what is it? So you also, you're a motivational speaker and I think you speak twice a week for on, on the regular on a Tuesdays and Thursdays. And what is, what's involved there? What do you do? So, so I'm, a, I'm a coach for WW. So we do our workshops in a studio twice a week. So I have, you know, the members who are, who are actively engaged, they show up and, and we work on a topic of the week. Uh, I facilitate the meeting, make sure that goes smooth. Uh, once a month or so, I have the opportunity to speak to a military audience of folks who are who are in similar places to where I was. And so they have the opportunity to say, okay, it, it's completely unstructured, but I, I kind of share my story with them and say, hey, you can do this as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just had that same experience. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina a, a couple days ago, spoke to an audience of 1,100 people. And it was just an incredible opportunity to just get there and go, hey, guys, we can do this together. Um, it's just, it's, it's rewarding for me because what I understand it to be true is that, uh, that someone needs to just lead that charge and say it can be done. Right. And then someone else goes, well, okay, once, once you've proven to me it's doable, I can figure out how to do it on my own right. and, and work with the group to do it. You know, one important thing about trying to accomplish an objective is having the right tools. And, you know, my wife, uh, she's a, uh, she's in the WWs and, and she, brought home this incredible app that, yeah. you know, you, I mean, and I think it's free. I believe it's free, but you can literally scan barcodes or put in different meal types 
that allow you to to have clarity and an understanding of what your intake actually is. And I think one of the misconceptions of WW is you got to starve yourself, which is not the case at all. It's eating or or making the right choices to, uh, of what you're going to, to put into your body. Yeah, that's exactly. And so, so the app is part of the membership, right? So if, if you, if you're a paying member, then all the tools inside the app are, are certainly available to, to everybody, but, uh, but, but it's an education. And, and the thing that I always say is, you know, you can't find three people on the planet that don't understand the weight loss formula of burn more calories than you consume, right? We, we've been taught that from day one, but the reality is, is, is if you are, if I hand you an apple, that's a hundred calories and hand you a cookie, that's a hundred calories. Why would you pick the apple? Right. right. They're, they're the same. And so so what WW has come to realize is that not all calories are the same. And so it's that education that they do. They use and they convert all foods to a point value based on, you know, deep rooted in science and, you know, understanding that, you know, this food is going to be better than this one, even though they're the exact same calorie count. And so it teaches you how to start making better, healthier choices so that therefore at the end of the day when, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and you're still hungry for a snack, you'll grab an apple, you'll grab a banana naturally versus reaching for the, you know, the cabinet for a bag of chips or a cookie or something like that. You know, I imagine with, uh, with this program, there's a lot of success you know, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of people find their their goal and, and are able to to cross that line. What do you do after that? I mean, how do you maintain? I mean, for me, that seems like a challenge to, to maintain. Do you, does the wingman community, does the fat dag community help, you know, after after the, you know, after sure. the time? Yeah, and you think about you know that that's you're exactly right. And so as you're losing weight, you have the you have a lot of encouragement. You have a lot of people saying, "Oh my God, you look great! You look great! You look great!" You start feeling better. The scale starts going down. You see the number changing every day. So there's there's so much external motivation that it's very or not very. It's easier to continue. Then when you get to that point where where the, the accolades kind of stop because now you've met everybody you've seen again, you know, and they all say, "Yeah, you look great. You look great a year ago." Uh, the scale no longer rewards you because it kind of just kind of hovers around. And so we do have to realign each other. And what we kind of look for is that what we call non-scale victories is that you say, okay, what, what am I doing now that I couldn't do a year ago? You know, and things like going on an airline flight and buckling a seatbelt, not asking for a seatbelt extender. And every time that event happens, you write it down. Some, something simple as tying your shoes, you know, and rolling out of bed and, and, and you're running up the flight of stairs or down the flight of stairs. Like, wait a minute, I couldn't do that two years ago. So so you really got to get into that. You know, what I ask people to do is every single morning, take a dry erase marker, write on your bathroom mirror three things that were amazing yesterday. Because what happens is you start training your brain to look for them. When you first start that exercise, very easy to kind of recognize a couple. If you stick with it for an entire month, about somewhere in the middle, it's going to get difficult until you start looking for the opportunities to go, okay, what can I write that was amazing today? The more you focus on all the things that are going right, the more your brain sees them and it keeps you engaged, keep you going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some people popping on here saying that WW isn't free, and uh, I appreciate you putting that on there, uh, Julia Tam, uh, and she's correct, but it's not you know, the, the, the return on that investment, the reward that you have for that time spent uh, is well worth that. 
uh, from well, what it's I'm not only that. So, and here's the other analogy. And it's, you're right; it's not free, uh, and, and it's not expensive either. When you consider, in my scenario alone, right, a typical trip to the gas station included eight dollars worth of candy bars and a soda, right? And so, if I get gas twice a month, that's sixteen dollars in candy and gas. If I go to a restaurant, it was, do you want a supersize? Yes. Do you want the large fries? Yes. When you start backing down on the other things that you're no longer buying, the the the, the I think you're saving money in the long run. The problem is you can't do both, right? You can't pay for the app and then pay for the extra food. Um, so you just kind of, I believe it's a wash, but, uh, you know, to each their own. But in my experience, I save money when I eat less. Well, you save money. I'm pretty confident that you save money. You're investing in it in a little bit more wiser or a lot more wiser application. And as well as your building community. Medicine anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. The doctor visits are probably a little bit less. Exactly. You know, if if you had to visit with that, tell me what is, you know, you just went to New York. What was that? What was that trip all about? It was incredible. So I, I had the opportunity to to meet with the CEO of WW, and so um, I I was as a as a WW coach. You know, I believe in the program. I, I'm a success story inside the program. I know how it works, and uh, and so as as we transition to wellness. Um, you know, I said, Hey, I got some ideas that I'm willing to share if you're willing to listen. And I put it out on Twitter. She reads Twitter. She read it and she said, yeah, come on up. And they, and through their, you know, her assistant, we scheduled a phone call. And, uh, and so I, I, after, as we were going back and forth, the phone call, I said, I'm actually going to be in New York if it's can more convenient. So they said, sure, come on up. And so we sat down, um, for a little over an hour, hour and a half or so, just talking about the program, talking about the vision of, of what the company is trying to do. And, and I, I left there just on fire motivated because we, I believe we have the right leadership at the very top that understands wellness as a global uh, a global initiative that we really can change the tra- trajectory of people's health. It was an amazing experience. Fat Dag, I really appreciate you jumping on with me today. You have an amazing story to tell, and you're out there uh, helping others, encouraging others, helping them find their their uh, their objectives and their goals. You know, one last thing I definitely want to touch on is Operation Fat Dag. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and what you got going on there? Yeah, be- because my military career was getting ready to end, uh, on, you know, not on my terms, uh, I started digging into the data set. I started looking at, you know, again, I, d- I didn't realize I was – the, or I kind of thought I was the only person in the military who's overweight, minus the fact that I could kind of tell that I wasn't. Uh, but I thought I was the only one struggling with it. So as I dig through the data set, I noticed that the DOD will will tell you that 7.8% of the military is is clinically overweight. And so if you take the 2 million people that are currently in our armed forces today, that's 160-some thousand people wow. that are overweight. And And so we don't realize that there's a real need out there. So one of the goals I said is like, you know what, if you're a military member and you're struggling with your fitness, you're struggling with your height and weight, I want to provide the resource to get you on track, provide the wingman, provide the accountability and whatever tools that we can provide so that you don't have to struggle this alone. And so we don't have to end careers unnecessarily. It's the number one retention uh, issue in the armed forces. We kick out more people because of fitness and obesity than we do than we lose on battle. And so when you start looking at that, it's like, okay, we need to we need to preserve lives. And you take it one step further, 31% of the kids today are ineligible to join the military be- strictly because of their weight. 
And predominantly, kids who join the military have parents who were in, they're somehow connected to the military. So we have this whole culture of, of people who are getting kicked out, who have kids, who aren't able to join. It turns into a national security crisis that I'm going to tackle and say, we're going to fix this and provide whatever help that we can. Amazing. Thank you for doing that. You know, we got we got a couple of comments down here and we got one from uh, Kim and she's saying, what do you do for somebody that's current or former that's trying to do everything they possibly can? You know, they're following the book, they're following the points and it's not happening. You know, yeah. what do you do? We, we see a lot of that. Right. And so um, th there's there are some challenges in that. And so one of the things that you know, it would take a, a little more a deeper dive into uh, into what is what what are you uh, are you calculating the points correctly? Are you following the points correctly? One of the things I've noticed in my own journey is is if I do this really well for five days and not well for two days, I don't get the results. It's a seven day effort. And so so a lot of people, you know, it doesn't take much to to kind of get off track and you say, you know what, I'll just have a cheat day here and there. Well, one cheat day can can erase six days of of hard work. And so, you know, certainly I have no idea without looking at the actual data set, but I would say if, if you're in that scenario where you're, you're doing everything right, uh, get a second opinion to help kind of monitor that just to see if that is, if there's tweaks and things we can make uh, to kind of get you on track. And, and one of the things that we offer and, and of course WW offers is that online coach that'll, that'll kind of look at that for you and kind of help you, help you steer back in the right direction. Fat Dag, thank you for coming on the show today. My pleasure, man. You're, Thanks for having you're me. You're really. awesome. A true American patriot. And so we greatly appreciate that. Friends, thanks for joining us today. I want to encourage everyone to seek out their why. In every experience they create, ask yourself, why am I doing what I do? And what is the effect it's having on me and potentially others? In addition to that ask, is it a positive return or is it not? I hope in everything we do is for the better. Until next week, y'all have an absolutely amazing week. If you're looking to make your basic home smart, check out digitaldelight.com forward slash shop where they have a variety of different smart home technology solutions that help make smart home shopping easy for you. Check out digitaldelight.com forward slash shop. Support the Y Experience with JJ Cannon by becoming a Patreon. Every month, the Y Experience will receive a regular source of income from supporters like you who've pledged through Patreon. Having your ongoing support for as little as a dollar a month means we spend less time thinking about business and more time creating quality content for you.